Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, Medium, and Author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which share stories and a metaphysical approach to understanding spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and intuition for well-being, progress, health, prosperity, and happiness. As the grandmother of twin granddaughters, I am aware of the special connection the girls have and have observed the many unique differences of their souls as well and feel blessed to have been part of their very unique uh, special dance together and with the family and in life uh, in general. Uh, so I want to welcome you, Linda Moon Rabbit Slotnick, author of Star Sisters, who will be discussing today an astrologer's memoir of twin loss. And uh, Linda has, hello, and Linda, and thank you for joining hello. us. Hello. My uh, pleasure. Okay. Uh, Linda, as listeners of Healing from Within are so well aware, each show features guests who have explored the realms of metaphysical life, moving beyond convention or thinking in the usual terms of the ego and our uh, physical world, to know and feeling and engaging with mind, body, and soul the eternal soul nature of life as it awakens in the physical world to know itself and the divine dimensions of life beyond here in a more loving, comprehensive, and complete way. In other words, as spiritual beings having a physical life, many of us often awaken through a trauma, loss, accident, or hardship to the true nature of being and greater love for ourselves and others. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Linda Slotnick shares her journey growing up in Minneapolis with her twin sister, Luann, and their special gift of ESP. Their relationship, like that of most twins that I was talking about, about my own twins just a few minutes ago, involves sibling rivalry, covert competition, and unconditional love. When Luann was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at age 56, life changed dramatically, drastically. And uh, I believe nothing is random. You know we have a life plan, and uh, you are an astrologer, so you work with the messages of our time of birth, and everything has relevance But I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, event that may have shown them or others around them the interest, work, or lifestyle they would live as an adult. So think back to the beginning. That poses a really interesting question for me, I'm afraid, because... uh, I feel like my life really didn't begin until after my mother died. So um, Mm. she just controlled, she just was a rigid controller, you know. And uh, later, my twin and I would talk about how my twin, Luann, figured out that there was something wrong with our mother. But I was just kind of a follower, and so I, I just... 
uh, out of fear, basically did what she said and didn't really even begin to think for myself until after her death. So I can't put those two things together, Cheryl. I really can't. What two things? The, something from early in my life giving me any kind of sign about who who I became as an adult. Oh, all right. All right, but you say that you growing up with your sister Luann, um, you were both quite different. Now, why do you think that was? Well, some of it had to do with the fact that I, I w- we were both premature, but she was uh, physically bigger and able to go home from the hospital while I was put in an incubator. And that in 1948, incubators were not like they are today. Nobody, like, touched the babies or held the babies. They just mm. basically fed you and kept you alive. And, and so I think that, you know, kind of started. And then when I came home, I was sick a lot. Uh, and so that kind of started, I think, this idea in our parents' mind, and some of it was based in reality, that, you know, I was the vulnerable one and she was the strong one. And they treated and you like that. They and did. And then it became a reality. Like now, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I have the same story with my twin granddaughters. Uh, one was born 6'5", and one was born five one and was frailer and had a little hole in her heart and and uh-huh. had a, a problem with her eye and and I'm a Reiki um, energy practitioner and I was constantly giving her uh, energy healing and as she grew a little bigger she would try to sing along with me move her lips as an infant because she was so in tune. With the love that was coming out, which you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't have at that moment because you were born and kept in the incubator. And I understand right. that totally. Everyone ran to the other twin, my other twin granddaughter, who was bigger, and uh, mm-hmm. there were two other sisters. And um, but, but let me tell you, they're both doing very well because at least there was someone, me. Yes who gave that extra needed attention and um, confidence, and you eventually got it yourself on your own. But it wasn't unfortunately there. And in most family lives, most family lives are dysfunctional. Most parents have problems from their parents, and they pass it down to us along with the fear and everything else. So we spend our whole life trying to figure out who we are and how to get beyond these fears. So I I, want to go on to, um, I know that uh, you went to college and um, Luann was a little bit more adventuresome. She got married very young. She was trying uh, to get away from your home life also and get on her own as were you. So it was, you know, as we talked about it later, (laughs) you know, post like maybe 30 years, you know, like when we were in our 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, she said, I just had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that was a good move on her part. And I do believe that she really lo- was in love, you know, like any 19-year-old right. can be in love, you know. So um, I had a marriage proposal at the same time, and everybody really wanted us 
you know, to have a double wedding because it was such a novel idea. Yes. But uh, you weren't ready for that. <laughs> no, no, I was not. But I was ready to get out of the house. That's yes. Sure. Well, I understand that people sometimes marry very young for that reason. But I, I want to go on to a really serious question here. Was there something in your home life or family dynamics which may have led you to your healing work and or your sexual orientation? Well, the first one I think I can answer pretty easily, and the second one I think is a bit more complex. Yes. So um, so I, I think uh, when you grow up in an environment, this is a little hard to articulate, but I think both my twin and I were, we, we became hypersensitive to our environment because uh, there was a lot of, stress from from having a mother who would have these periods of rage and she would just be out of control and you you never knew when it was coming and so so I I think there was a kind of survival sensitivity that we both developed you know in response to being in an environment where we didn't feel safe so I mean my whole life I've been able to read people really, really, really well. And I think that just <laughs> maybe it's intrinsically part of who I am, but I think I've also Oh, it is! You know, you know healers and mediums are born but not all yeah. things are genetic or predestined but yeah. healers and mediums I am a intuitive healer and medium and I was as sensitive as a child and I was very sick a lot as a child because the environment, the toxicity of, and the fears of so many people out of control in my environment, I didn't understand why, but, but it, it was an unbalancing force like you had. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm going to say it again because healers and mediums are born but not all things are genetic or predestined. For example, some sexual preferences may be determined by what a child interprets is acceptable in their culture or peer group or by genetics, but personal perceptions are sometimes a result of troubling experiences. Now, you write about your first experience with your sister, with a young boy. Uh, I don't know if you remember it. It's in the book. Uh, about a six-year-old little boy. Oh, right, right. I know, and I, I laughed right. when I read it, but but I could see how that might... You know, he exposed himself. He wanted to drop his pants like little boys are curious. They want to see what a little girl's like, what a little boy... I, I didn't have that. I grew up with three sisters, so there weren't little boys around. I never had an experience like that, but... But uh, how did you feel about that that time? <laughs> well, I mean, we were p- punished, but I mean, I, I understand. You were punished? We we were punished for, you know, pulling our underpants down in public and, you know, looking, you know, this whole, this whole repressed sexuality thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, very yes. serious kind of matter and... Uh, but I understood pretty quickly that children are curious. Right. And that this was an extension of natural curiosity. So I don't think that that damaged me in any kind of way. 
you know, I don't, I don't feel like. Well, that, that maybe that. didn't, but you had some other incidences that might have uh, been harmful to you. Uh, you, you write about it right after your mother dying. Uh, right. That there was a next door neighbor. His name was Shell. Uh, can you tell us about that story? Yeah. So, um, so I really liked our neighbors, you know, and I was a pretty, I would say, naive, maybe slightly overprotected, you know, yes. mm-hmm. uh, young girl, and I didn't realize that adult men could have sexual feelings towards young girls. I mean, it never entered my consciousness. Of course that, not. You know, adults married. are supposed to protect you and be do the right yeah. thing. You're doing right. the right he thing. Was, They're supposed to do the right thing. Right. This, he it, was married and he had a he had a two year old and a four year old daughter and so you know my twin and I would babysit over there and so yeah so so um, he as I understood later you know, planned to come home early. He said he had to go out. They hired a babysitter. His wife had something to do. You know, they went to separate places, but instead he came home early, and then he sexually assaulted me. Mm. And I was so taken off guard, and it was completely unexpected, and I had really no idea what to do except that I had to get out of there, and I did manage get out of there yeah you were but, smart um, you, you were smart you told them you had to go to the bathroom and you got out of the house which right. was very very smart <laughs> and then you talked to your sister and what she tell yes, you of course and what she tell yes. you well she uh, we had you know several uh we had had several lectures from our mother you know like not like what i would tell my teenage daughter and i certainly didn't tell them this but, you know, our mother had said to both of us that, you know, men were not to be trusted and that, you know, I think were she, dangerous. I think you wrote, she said they were animals. Animals. And there was a yes. reason. You discovered a picture of her as a 14-year-old child with her parents who had come from, um, they were Russian immigrants or? Yes. 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 And, and. You state that you could see in the picture that she was holding her body away from them, and she had a distant, vacant look in her eyes. And you, ex- you thought or assumed there might have been some sexual abuse by your father, yes, her father. Right. I, her I father. wondered, you know, I mean, quite when possible. You lose a parent, when you're so young, you can't ever ask them these things. And by the time I kind of got old enough to wonder about it, well, nobody in her family would have talked about it anyway. No, no. They were very private, uh, very secretive. None of these things were discussed. Yeah. And they were buried deep within her. And didn't she die from cancer? Yes. Yes, at age 47, so a very young age. All right. Well, uh, we know uh, that cancer uh, is the effect of often deep-seated bitterness and fear from childhood traumas as Louise Hay, author of You Can Heal Your Life, and many people I have interviewed have suggested. So we are the product of all our experiences, good or bad. It really doesn't matter. They're experiences that our soul needs to have uh, for many reasons, uh, and uh, they're not just random. And it's sad because even though I know this, 
it's still sad for me to think uh, that a mother would say that to you, that she would have created such a fear in you about going into high school and dating and and making good choices and and everything was based in fear because she had mm-hmm. such she had such i mean i i we forgive people who we know eventually know how hard they had it and we don't hold a grudge but it still hurts it hurts to know that they weren't able to do better for their children so i think sexual orientation can be created not merely genetic and the reason i'm saying this i i have a reason for saying this i met a teacher from a very challenged inner city school and she told me many of her female students were telling her that they were gay and she felt that it was because they saw such violence and drugs and sexual diseases and poor male examples or choices for them in the community and they felt safer staying with women and also over the last 20 years the hollywood community of writers actors and creative people have put so much attention into promoting this lifestyle we read about it we see about it we hear it in music and it's just gone beyond just being okay to being preferred and so sex children of sexual predators are sometimes groomed and trained to expect certain behaviors and our culture has gotten more in line with some of this behavior we just saw the Weinstein uh, problem in Hollywood and the Epstein pedophilia investigation with political overtones so it's coming out we're talking about it which is a very good thing it's not any longer time to bury these um, discussions because we want to have the healthiest young people possible and we want to help the older people who have suffered also to discover why it is they feel certain ways would you agree it's good we're talking about it i th- i think having hiding things and internalized secrets mm-hmm. creates a lot of toxicity and terrible feelings of shame for people. And so, you know, um, coming out, whether it's as a survivor of, you know, a sexual assault or coming out, whether it's a, your, about your sexual preference or your gender identity, I think it's all a really move towards being healthier because I, I know the personal damage I suffered from holding you know, who I was inside and feeling like I had to pretend to be something that I wasn't or someone that I wasn't. Right. You you write about that in the book, and you explore it very, very well through many incidents that happened to both you and your sister and how you overcame many of your challenges. You overcame it by having a very successful family life and professional life, and your sister overcame it by becoming a psychologist and helping others. And it's kind of funny that buried deep inside her, she was the sort of the twin standing out in front, right? Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. and and she she didn't have as much bitterness towards your mother and father. By the way, I never did figure out why your father was so quiet and fearful in regard to your mother. Was he hiding a secret? 
Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so surprised because I, I, I tried to make that really clear in the book. So um, his father was this violent, violent person who tried to uh, uh, murder his second wife. Oh, my, oh, my, I must my, have missed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my grandmother, uh, when my dad was in high school, all so they had five children, I learned later, he had a knife in the bed. He forced her to have sex, and they had five children. And my grandmother uh, got divorced in the 1930s, and every two or three weeks they had to move apartments. She was so afraid of him mm-hmm. that he would hurt her or hurt the kids. And, I mean, my dad only told me about this, like, really, really late in his life. Oh, not, not about that I heard about that from an aunt, but about his, the violence of his father and how mm. afraid all the kids were of his father. And he so wanted he, he wanted to be so different, so he treated well, your mother very quietly and gently, and sort of well, tiptoed around her. She she was familiar. Her rage was familiar to him. That's what he right. grew up knowing, and so he married that. We do marry the parent, the parent we feel most comfortable with. Yeah, it's or very, the one we or, or the we one we most, most fear, <laughs> unresolved with, right? Right. right. Okay. Right. All right, but yes, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't gather that, but now I understand exactly. Yeah. So yeah. both, so both, both your parents suffered greatly. They did. They suffered very, very greatly. But still, you are a healer, <laughs> and your sister was a healer. And I kind of yeah. think sometimes healers uh, choose families. We choose our family. And, right. and sometimes people say to me, why would any soul choose to be in a family like that? But because right. our soul needs to grow and expand, sometimes we are in difficult situations that will lead us to become the people we are, the healers we are. So I, I, I think that's pretty coming out very clear in what we're talking about today. Yeah. Now, clearly the study of astrology is really important to you. How do you use astrology in your daily life? Are you using it to promote this book? Ah, that's a wonderful question. So um, I, I use astrology in my daily life mostly for other people. Okay, so, you know, I have a, a private practice, you could call it, or, you know, I have a clientele that I see sometimes once a year, sometimes twice a year, sometimes once every five years. But I know, anyway, as a, a medium, I have the same thing. I do readings for them exactly the same way. Yes. Yes. At their, at their discretion. But for right. myself, yes, I very, very specifically picked you know, a period of time to get the book out in the world when I was under auspicious energy. And I picked a date to have a launch party, you know, that mm-hmm. was very auspicious. And I actually got just the right number of chairs. Like, you know, I just had to pick a number of chairs, you know, so I had a few people standing, but almost a place for everybody to sit. And Everybody who came to that opening bought a book, to that book launch bought a book, which you can't get any more successful than that. So, um, yes, so I'm using it, uh, you know, as much as I can in terms of publicity and, 
getting the book out into the world and uh, general other things that are happening in my chart now. Now, let's go to uh, when Luann was sick. What made you so sure Luann would die that first day you visited her in the hospital? It, it was it was a kind of knowing. An inner knowing, yeah. An, an intuition. Inner yeah. knowing, yes. It was a certainty. Mm. And it was also, there was a little intellectual piece of information because I knew about uh, you know, this transit that was coming in my chart. So I think there were two parts because I've been watching the heavens and I, I knew from other past experiences that there was separation coming up. But, you know, when you do this kind of work long enough, you don't feel like you have to know the answers. You just have to know the energy. So I knew I was in a cycle of separation but I didn't know what that would look like. And then when she called me from the hospital, it was like, oh, my God. You know, my body knew it myself. I could feel mm. like, I don't know how to describe that kind of knowing. Well, I have that kind of knowing. It's that yeah. our energy is connected to every living thing. Every yeah. cell of our body is connected to every other cell of our body. If your foot hurts... Your side, your hip hurts, your head hurts. It's it's all connected, and we must heal at the very basic level of our DNA, and um, and know ourselves as the true spiritual beings that we are, and ask for help from spirit. Uh, they are around us and wish to give us so much love and help, but we do have a life plan, and we do have to fulfill. Uh, the reasons we came into this incarnation. So it's not about good or bad experiences. About It's not about sick or health or right or wrong. It's just experience that the soul needs to gather so it will take it with us when we lift up out of this body and find a, a new life waiting ahead of us. So what would you like people to take away after reading your book well one thing uh, I would like people to take away is that it is possible to recover from losing your twin when it first happens it, it's hard to imagine that there's life after twinship because it's such a intrinsic part of who you are and I would like people also to take away that there are so many avenues of healing and that something happened for me through losing my sister that I developed a really unique avenue to help people who are in grief or who are bereaved to help them understand kind of their soul's journey without that other person and what that might look like for them. Yes, I know how hard your loss was. I truly know, being the grandmother of twins, uh, being a healer, being an intuitive, uh, I feel a great deal of pain from other people. And I just accept it, let, let it flow through me, and uh, work with spirit to always know that it's okay. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be reunited with our loved ones. Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe that. I, I know that. So, right. so it's it's a different, and you know that. I know that too. Yes, it's I do. a beautiful gift 
to know who we are as spiritual beings floating through all of eternity with love and we will be with many of the same people again but we probably won't have all the same experiences so I want to thank you Linda Moon yeah. Rabbit Slatnik, author of Star Sisters, for sharing your very unique journey, showing many different aspects of human challenges, losing a mother at a young age, losing a twin, exploring a unique lifestyle and sexuality, being the mother of two daughters and the feminist perspective in life, and being an alternative healer in the astrological realm also seeing life in different dimensions and times all a bit out of the mainstream but which yeah. have you yes that's okay but which have uniquely offered you many opportunities to know yourself and life on levels that many others have not explored in this lifetime but they will <laughs> somewhere yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll all explore all of it. To read more about lost love and universal expansion of consciousness through living with mindfulness, purchase this book at, at Amazon.com. And the name of the book is Star Sisters. And we're all actually Star Sisters, Brothers, Family, Interconnected. The divine is within us, and we are within the divine. So, in summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, it has become evident from Linda, Leah, and myself, healers and teachers of energy and soul reality, that no matter how the journey of dealing with cancer is for a loved one, most especially a twin sister, much is learned by the individual's experience past the challenges of the physical body and world leading us into the light and love and often we can only do this through the most painful of times while we wish it were not necessary for anyone especially those closest to us the stars and our life plan determine the experiences we must have and the time and way we must depart this life. It is not random, and it is written in our soul journey. The family we are born into, the work we will explore, the loves of our lives, and the time of our death. And there is meaning and purpose to all of it. Healers, medium, mediums, astrologers all tell the truth, and the truth cannot be bent or altered allowing, accepting, and surrendering to what must be in the end is necessary to lead us forward to new life in the universal dimensions of creation and eternal life. But what is remembered and appreciated by those who have more time yet to live is to be valued and honored, treasured, and shared. Linda Leah Luann and I would have you remember that the joy and sorrow we carry through life is a badge of honor, showing us that the courage and bravery of the soul outweighs the frailty of the human body. While we often travel divergent paths, one thing is clear, as written by Khalil Gibran, joy and sorrow are inseparable. Together they come, and when one sits with you, remember that the other 
is asleep under your bed. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about leaders in the metaphysical field who share the story of universal soul life and physical life and our journey through time and space as we create and manifest the greatest love possible, often through the greatest challenges and loss. Learn about eternal life and how to improve life here and now and beyond by living with truth and courage. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.